Yo, yo, people, welcome to a new episode of Echo Chamber. Okay, so let us get into the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 5th to the 7th of July. Okay, so at number 10, you got Rocket Man. At number 9, Anna. At number 8, Secret Cinema Casino Royale. At number seven, Aladdin. At number six, The Queen's Corgi. At number five, Midsommar. I saw a trailer. It was freaky as hell. Oh my God. I I don't know if I would survive if I watched it. (laughs) At number four, we've got event cinema screening of Westlife. The 20, the 20 tour, yeah. At number three, Yesterday. At number two, we've got Toy Story 4. Check last week's episode for the review. And at number one, of course, Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay, and um, stay tuned and you can hear my review of that film. Okay, so um, two reviews this week. Uh, So let's go into um, them just after this. Okay, people, some big news. Okay, so have you ever wondered where multi-award winning indie films vanish to after film festivals? Ever wished there was a platform where titles from all over the world could be accessed for free. Ha! We present you with the world's first subscription free independent film platform, Film Ahoy, which officially launched on the 10th of July. The platform was created to celebrate excellent films from all genres and cultures. Titles range from Luke Goss's all-American action film, Interview with a Hitman, City Rats, starring Danny Dyer as a British gangster, and The Man Inside, Peter Mullen, David Harewood, and Michelle Ryan, to Kung Fu Royalty, in the Wu-Tang Collection's Super Dragon, Bruce Lee. For the Film Ahoy creators, it seemed wrong that these cinematic masterpieces and many others didn't get the exposure they deserved simply because they weren't picked up by distributor giants Netflix, Amazon, Sky, etc. With the ever-rising volume of SVODs and streaming services, consumers may struggle to subscribe to multi-subscription only platforms at once. With many of these platforms being unable to service all the consumers requirements, Film Ahoy is able to provide a high quality streaming service without yet another costly monthly subscription. Headline talent that can be found in Film Ahoy's Ahoy's extensive library include Christopher Walken, Oliver Reed and Kirstie Alley. They have just taken on 50 martial arts films 
from the Wu-Tang collection in recent weeks and are currently working on securing up to 300 new titles to add to this. Film Ahoy is a service where you can enjoy films from across the world with standout casts for free with adverts every 20 minutes or for £1 without adverts. The premise behind the initiative is to perpetuate the reach of independent films from across the world as well as those that are showcased at independent film festivals and fade into an abyss just weeks after. The Film Ahoy platform also gives filmmakers from all over the world specialising in multi-genres a collective base where they can direct traffic to view their creations and generate revenue. They hope to raise the profile of independent filmmakers by tapping into niche fan bases through the website and social media. Contributing filmmakers will be sent quarterly reports of the film's performance so they can monitor the new revenue that comes in every three months. Not bad, eh? So, um, yeah. The, the web's link will be in the details of this episode. So if you're interested, go check it out. Okay, so I've just watched An Acceptable Loss. Uh, it is a, um, a drama, a thriller. It's a political, um, a political film. Um, and the gist of it is, well, it's written and directed by Joe Chappelle. He's been involved with The Fringe and The Wire. Uh, this is a grip, gripping political thriller following Elizabeth Libby Lehman, who's played by Tika, Tika Sumter. Um, Libby teaches at a university, but four years ago she was top aide to Vice President Rachel, Rachel Burke, who's played by Jamie Lee Curtis, and was part of a total victory action. Uh, Burke is now US President and worried about Elizabeth's, Elizabeth keeping quiet. Um, Elizabeth also has problems within her own university as she fears a student is spying on her so um yeah so you know what i mean this is um you know i think you go in expecting a lot of tension um i think something along the lines of like 13 days you know i think that's the gist uh, what I was thinking going in, um, and it's not, uh, I don't think it's an overly long film, it's 102 minutes, so, uh, yeah, about an hour and 40, but I, I it does feel, yeah, I'd have to say it does kind of feel long, it just seems to, Seems to drag a little. Now, I think the issue is, 
in trying to create this suspense to try and keep people on their toes and constantly thinking I think it they've left you kind of just wondering why should I care I think that's the big thing because at the beginning you don't even really know who you know Elizabeth Lamb Layman is you know you, you're not quite sure they're like okay so she's involved in politics but like so what's her role what like who is this person what is she doing uh so yeah you're wondering this and it's just like why should i why, like why should i care like this is always the big thing like why should you care and yeah, you really don't know and then these things are happening like the whole oh she thinks she's being followed by a student well like yeah you see someone like following her and again it's just like why like why is this happening and you have to wonder how is someone not spotting this person because it doesn't seem to be um like this really amazing tail job or anything like that and then someone working in the field that Elizabeth has been you think surely she probably received training so how is it someone can tell her like this? You know, it's all a bit like, ah, what's 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 going on? Um, and yeah, like, I, you just look if if you want to keep me in the dark, fine. But there has to be more to kind of entice me to keep watching, and there isn't. Like the characters aren't likable so you know they don't even seem that like they have much depth to them so you're just scratching your head thinking why am I watching this like what's the point here um yeah it's a big thing now there, there's a scene uh like after a party where um, Elizabeth is confronted by an, another faculty member. And she go Like, we see her go back to hers. And the reaction that she has is an odd one. Like, because, like, I would put that reaction to someone who is... You know, this has been the very first time they've been confronted like this. Now, it's been established that this isn't the first time. So, the reaction is odd. It's very odd. Now, look, I'm not saying there wouldn't be a reaction. I don't believe it would be the one that was shown. You know? So, like, then that, you know, that throws you. Because you're just a bit like, alright, so what's going on here? You know what I mean? Why have they thrown this in? Because... It's, you know, I don't believe it. So why is it here? 
and uh, you know and there's a lot of things that are happening that may are just like i i don't believe that would happen i don't believe that could happen like that and i think you're really lost on another incident in elizabeth's house and i think it's probably the big turning point of the film but it's very questionable it's very questionable uh but it does then spiral into the latter half of the film but yeah you're just like why would someone a why would someone do it why would someone believe it like you it's just of all the things that have happened, it's just weird. It's just weird. And then why, when more duplicity is uncovered, it's just, it's not even questioned. You just hear, is this from today? No, this was from yesterday. That's That was it. It's not just, wait, so you, when did you, like, no, no questions are asked. Which is really weird. Just really weird. Um, and I, I think from that point onwards, you kind of, you know what's going to happen here. You know, you know where the film is going. You know the outcome of the film. And then even at the very end, you're just like, yeah. I uh, knew that was coming. Just like you just think it was coming. But then the way it... Uh, it was just... It's not like... I don't think... Hmm, I don't know. Like to... Com- uh, you know, you don't want to completely disparage these things, okay? Because, you know, people have worked hard on them. But... Yeah, there, there do, there does seem to be many failings and shortcomings here. You know, a lot of things just don't add up. A lot of things are taken on a huge assumption, like at the very end. There's a huge assumption here, which is just a bit like, oh, okay, hmm. So you're assuming someone is going to remember a conversation and go, oh, they've taken that bit and that bit, put it together. Right. Really? Because you don't even know this person, really. You really don't know this person. So a lot is happening. And nothing's happening really you know it's just like look for me to get behind this you're asking for too many leaps of faith you're asking for way too much and giving me way too little you know there doesn't really seem any depth here there doesn't seem a lot so yeah, it's, I don't know, it, 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 it's baffling, it's 
baffling. I, d- I didn't really enjoy the film. I have to say that. I didn't really enjoy the film. Uh, I think maybe you will. If you like political drama. I would say you, you have to like political drama. And I do. I, I You know, there's been some great political films. I don't believe this is one of them. Because the problem is, it's hard to compare it to a lot of things. You know, like JFK, as I said, 13 Days. Um, you know, things like that. Because they happen at, you know, I'd say they happen at a pace. They happen and they keep you constantly thinking. You know, this one doesn't. Like films like The Contender, Mancurian Candidate. Like this, there's just not enough happening in this film. There's not enough depth in this film. Um, I don't know. Maybe, look, if you're a fan of Joe, of Joe Chappelle, then I'd say maybe check it out. If if you like anything that Jamie Lee Curtis is in, then obviously you probably want to check it out. If you like Tika Sumter, check it out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That that's really all I can say, unfortunately, because I think anything else is is just misleading. Okay, so look, read the description if that grabs you yeah but I, I I would say you'll know after the first 20 if you really want to stick with this because that is a good sum up of this film so yeah I think that's the uh, yeah so, can't really say much more than that people you know too much is giving away the plot so yeah, that, uh, that's all you can get, I'm afraid. But yes, an acceptable loss. It's um an 18. It's 142 minutes. It's uh, written and directed by Joe Chappelle. It stars Tika Sumter, Jamie Lee Curtis, Ben Tavasoli, Jeff Hepner. So, uh, yeah, <sighs> take a look, see what you think. Okay, so people, Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, what can I say? Listen, um, let's get to just the, the housekeeping of things. This is directed again by um John Watts. It's written by Chris McKenna. Um and uh yeah, like I think everyone knows by now that it's based on you know Marvel Comics Stan Lee originally wrote him, Steve Ditko originally uh drew him. Eric Summers helped work on the screenplay. Um, 
so Tom Holland is back as uh, Peter Parker, you know, our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. We've got uh, Marissa Tomei is Aunt May, May Parker. Uh, Zendaya is MJ. Jacob Bataloon is Ned Leeds. Got Tony Revolori as Flash Thompson. Um, Remy Hill as uh, or Remy He as Brad Davis. Um, great performances from Martin Starr as Mr. Harrington and JB Smoove as Mr. Dell. And then we've got um. John John Favreau as Happy Hogan, Samuel Jackson is in it as Nick Fury, and Jake Gyllenhaal is Quentin Beck, otherwise known as Mysterio. Okay, and the gist of the film is this, right? So, in Ixtenko, Nick Fury and Maria Hill investigate an unnatural storm and later encountered the earth elemental a superpowered man quentin beck arrives to fight the creature eight months later in new york city the midtown school of science and technology restarts its academic year to accommodate the students who were among those resurrected in the blip the school organizes a two-week summer field trip to europe where Peter Parker, still distraught over Tony Stark's death, plans to confess his growing feelings for the cl- his classmate MJ and avoid heroics. At a fundraiser for the homeless, co-ordinated by his Aunt May, Peter is forewarned by Happy Hogan that he will be contacted by Stark. So yeah, that is the gist of um, this film So listen, what we know is Because Endgame, Avengers Endgame Was the end of this 10 year journey This 10 year story arc, essentially Um, But we knew that, you know Far From Home was coming So after Endgame It's kind of revealed that This film Is the bookend to it all So the thinking You know what I mean Like how was it going to work Like where was it going to pick up What like You know what I mean What's going to happen Because we don't know anything about Phase 4 Right So it was a bit like Oh What's going to, how is this going to do? And, you know, the original Spider-Man from a couple of years back, that was so good, you know? Like, Homecoming was so good. So it's like, how do you top that? How do you maintain the quality? How do you maintain that quirky innocence? That's all the questions really you know playing into this and um yeah 
it works really well. It really does work. Because it's so nuanced. You know what I mean? Because we're playing with like these kids and they really get the interaction with the kids really downright. Doesn't come off as fake or overplayed. It just works. You know, because they're stupid little interactions. They're like silly things that happen. And that is one of the big keys of this film. It's all about the interactions and the relationships. And they all... It just all works really well. You know? Like, listen. As... um. Yeah, I think, as I mentioned, um, you had, uh, oh, what's the name? Um, Remy Heat, no, not Remy Heat, sorry, Martin Starr and J.B. Smoove. They were Mr. Harrington and Mr. Dell, and they're the teachers, you know, so they're the teachers organizing the trip for the kids, they're like the chaperones, and they are, they're really good, because they're kind of comic relief, but not, you know, it doesn't come off as false comic relief, because they're kind of like the hapless teachers that you probably came across at school, you know, so they work to kind of counteract from a lot of the other stuff that is happening. So we have that. Then you've got Peter dealing with, um, you know, just the, the, the consequences of Endgame. And it's kind of like he's got PTSD. PTSD? I believe that's it, right? But you know what I mean. And that's, it's like he's dealing with that. Uh, and it and it works because he's he doesn't know what to do, and we see this playing throughout the film of his struggle to deal with the with what happened, you know, losing a, a friend, a father figure, a mentor. So he's dealing with that. You know, he, he doesn't understand what his place is now. You know? Is he meant to be filling the void that Tony left? Like, is he meant to be stepping up to, you know, these planet-level disasters? Because he's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know? Like, what's he meant to do? How's he meant to play this? And then, what does he do with his friends? Because he's a kid. He wants to be a kid. So how does he balance that? How does he play it? What happens? And then on top of that, it's just like, he's on. How does he control that? So it's just all these different things are playing out. And as a kid... He wants to ask out MJ. But he's rubbish at all of that. So it's it's just like 
ah, you know, and there's so much in this film that plays off of all of this, all, all of this, and and you know that it's it's just great. Like um, ah, May calls his spider sense Peter Tingle, which is just great, and it works because that's the kind of thing like your aunt would say. Because they're not going to get the shit right. They're not going to be like, oh, your spider sense. They'll be like, oh, what is it? That, that, the funny feeling that you get. So the Peter Tingle was just a, a stroke of genius. And she, you know, May gets the names wrong. So she's like, oh, are you going to be hanging out with your friend, Mr. Strange? And it's like, May, no, it's Dr. Strange. Like, there's one great line. When he's speaking to Fury, and he's just like, look, I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. Like, look, do you really want me on this? I'm not, I don't think I'm on that level. It's just like, bitch, please, you've been to space. Which was great. It was just a great line. I laughed so much in this film. I mean... I think maybe the people around me thought I was crazy and probably wanted me to shut the fuck up. But the film is funny. I laughed so, so much. It was it was just great, man. It was really great. Um, Listen, people, this might sound like, um, you know, a little tangent, but there's a scene when Peter's changing into his suit, right? And he takes trousers off first. Like, surely you take shirt off first, right? Right? Am I crazy, people? Am I crazy? I kind of feel you take your shirt off, then your trousers. It's not trousers, then shirt. That's some crazy shit. You know what I mean? Like the only time you might do that is if you're in the changing room at the gym and you know, you're trying not just to flash everyone in the spot. It's, you know, I like I don't know. Some places you do it's just like, look, when people are looking at you in that weird way, you're kind of thinking they want to see your dick. So you're trying to not let them have a free preview. So maybe you leave your shirt on. You know what I mean? But normally, it, 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 it's shirt, then trousers. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm... You know what I mean? I feel that makes sense. Didn't do it in the film. I question the logic. I don't know. Maybe I'm... Maybe it's a UK thing. Hmm. Maybe that's the thing. But, hey, there's some great acronyms in this film. Like, Edith not going to tell you what Edith means, um, and, uh, hey, you're an FOS now, a friend of Spider-Man, <laughs> but, oh, man, it's, it's just, it's so, the film is so good, it's, like, listen, in the comic books, Quentin Beck was a, um, he was a, um, Oh, kind of like a stuntman, like he worked on like the pyrotechnics and all of that.
behind the scenes in the films, you know, so he sets up all the effects and, and all of that, so that's how he, he kind of came about in the, in the, in the comic books, and, like, it worked in the comic books, right, but, yeah, that's not really a thing now in films, it's all special effects and shit on a computer, um, like, you know, some films still use, like, the standard, like, physical effects, like, I know Nolan tried to use as many as he could in Inception, but it is it, probably a harder stretch, so I, I, so the way that they spun it, the way that they introduced Beck in this film, oh my god, it was so good, so good, and it's, it's just genius, and the way that storyline plays out, oh man, it's such a good storyline, like I really enjoyed the way it all happens, and there's so many twists in it, so many twists in it, I'd, and listen people, I will tell you now, a, stay through the credits. Now, this is extremely important. This isn't just uh, a jokey scene. This scene is so damn important. So damn important. This scene is going to impact the Marvel Universe going forward. So, don't rush out the cinema, stay till you see the cut scene, the credit scene, then you can go, because there's only one, but people, stay and watch it, because it's incredible, and, um, but listen, right, there's so many just sweet little personable moments in this film, like, Homecoming really played on that John Hughes aesthetic, and this definitely had elements of a John Hughes film in it as well, it's still, at its core, it's a sweet-ass film, it's a sweet-ass film, and love is there, like, love is at the centre, people, and it's a beautiful thing, it's a view like it's so sweet. It's so sweet. Um and look, I maybe I'm just high on shit. Like if you listen to Echoes from the Void, you'll understand. So maybe it's that, okay? But I don't know. I just think it's just nice. It's this it just works so well, these little scenes like, between, like, Peter and MJ, and the other people in the film, that I don't want to mention, because I don't want to kind of spoil those little interactions for you, but it's so sweet, and at, there's a bit on the bridge at the end, which was, actually, there's two bits on two separate bridges, one kind of halfway through, one at the end, both of them, so good, 
so good, people. They really, it's just, it just kind of deconstructs it on that personal level. So it's not just a wham, bam, you know, explosion-y film. It's got this sweet element to it, which I loved. I loved, what can I say? I like a nice romance. Shoot me, man. Shoot me. But, um, hey, Spider-Man Far From Home is an incredible film. You know what I mean? It's just like, look, I think the big thing was, how the fuck do you top Endgame? Well, just think, like, this year we've had Captain Marvel, we've had Endgame, and now we've got Spidey. And the thing was, like, how do you top each film? Now, Endgame was better than Marvel for sure. Like, Marvel was cool. Marvel was cool, but Endgame smashed it. And, look, Spider-Man is a different animal to Endgame. You know, there's no doubt about that. It's, it's, it's not that internet. Well, no, it's international. But it's not that kind of global, just all-inspiring film. It's, it's a bit more pared down than that. Even though we have that international lilt to it. But this film, it's the quality of the film, the quality of the direction, the production, the acting. It's so good. It's so good. So, look, it's not a disappointment. It's not a come down from that endgame high. I I, I feel that if you are a fan, you're not going to be disappointed. You're going to love this. You're going to love it. And, hey, I know someone that was like, listen, I think I'm superheroed out. I'm going to go on a break. Hey, I'm calling bullshit to that break. And I'm going to make sure that they see this film. Even if I have to drag them. Because this is a must-see film, people. It's a must-see film. Spider-Man, Far From Home. Whoa, whoa, you know what I mean, John Watts, whoa, Chris McKenna, whoa, Tom Holland, Samuel Jackson, Jake Hillenhill, Zendia, whoa, this film, hey, you killed it, everyone involved, you killed it, now people, Go pay us respect, go see it, have fun, enjoy yourselves, nuff said. Okay people, so we're coming to the end of another edition of Echo Chamber. Um, yeah, Spider-Man is really that good, so um... Definitely go see it. Definitely go see it. You know what I mean? Because, boy, it, it will fulfill that Marvel itch, trust me. Okay, so, a little bit of news before we bounce. Um, Tim Miller, who, um, you know what I mean, has helmed the last two Deadpool films, he 
is uh i mean as everyone probably knows he is you know directing terminator dark fate with james cameron producing uh so he has been out doing press recently and um he had a little thing to say to um variety which is really interesting all right so he said when i read online when we announced the film terminator 6 for fuck's sake why don't they let it die i understand where those people are coming from if it's not great then we've had enough jim's movies are grounded in reality and character and just happen to have time travel and robots i'm wired the same way I want to give the audience a story about Sarah and these new characters and make everything else as realistic as possible. I want to sit in the audience and believe that this shit could happen to me. That's how I'm approaching it. One of the big um, things in this film is that the protector character... um, is played by uh, Mackenzie Davis. Um, and what I, is really promising to me is that Joe Abercrombie, who is a fantastic writer, novelist, came up with the idea. So um, Miller had this to say. So Joe um, came out with this idea that a new protector from the future is a machine fighter. It's a painful life and they're scarred and take a lot of drugs to combat the pain of what's been done to them. They don't live a long time. It's a very sacrificial role. They risk death to save others. And from the very first suggestion, it was always a woman. We had to look for someone who has the physicality, but I'm very sensitive to actors. I didn't just want a woman who could physically fit the role, but emotionally as well. Mackenzie really wanted to do it. She came after the role. She worked harder than anybody. So, hey, listen, if you have read any of Amber Crombie's books, if you have read his blog, you know how talented that dude is. So, hey... This has got me really interested in the film. So, yeah. Looking forward to that now for sure. Um, and uh, Sam Ramy is out at the moment doing press for a, um, a film called Crawl. And like, I've not heard of this film... But it's about an alligator in a flooded house. Yeah. Sounds crazy, right? But yes, Rami is out doing press with that for that. He spoke with bloody disgusting and he had this to say. I'd love to make another Evil Dead film. I don't think TV is its future, but we're talking about it. Bruce... Campbell, Rob Tappert and myself. One or two different ways to go for the next movie. 
We'd like to make another Evil Dead feature and in fact, we're working on some ideas right now. Um, yeah, I would be thrilled if Bruce Campbell changed his mind about retirement, would come back for the original Evil Deadline. But if not, I'm very happy to work if Fede Alvarez would come back and make the sequel. But he's such a big shot now. He's so successful, an artist in demand, that I don't think he'd want to do that. But there's also a third possibility we're talking about. I think you may see some action on the Evil Dead movie in the next six months. So, yeah. If you're an Evil Dead fan, that's good news for you. Um, and... There's some interesting news. Um, all right, so um, Marvel signed a deal with Sony to help steer the um, Spider-Man franchise. Uh, and this was done in 2015. And so it saw Tom Holland come on board and, you know, the rest is history. But, so, um, journalist Richard Rushford puts out a newsletter called The Ankler. And he revealed in this that the Sony Marvel Spider-Man deal to co-produce these movies stipulated that if Spider-Man Far From Home cleared a billion... Marvel would get to oversee a third film. If it hadn't, full control would revert back to Sony. Which is an interesting thing. And you kind of feel that, hey, if, if the film kind of um, hit just under a billion, like, Sony would be foolish to kind of get rid of Marvel. Because I think these films have been so well received. You know what I mean? So to, to, to get rid of Marvel and go back to what they were doing. Because listen. What they were. Like the first amazing Spider-Man was okay. It was okay. But it was nowhere on the level of homecoming. And doesn't even come close the second film to uh, Far From Home so hey it shows that working with Marvel they've been able to really key into something special so hey if they were to mess that up oh man it would be like cutting off your nose to spite your face but but people Far From Home has already made 600 million dollars just in a week so i think you know when you factor in international and then it just plays for another couple of weeks it's gonna clear a billion dollars for sure so uh hey it looks like this relationship is gonna continue for a little while longer which is a good look but um Holland signed on for six films, so three solo Spider-Man films, 
and three appearances in other films. So he's already done those other appearances. You know what I mean? Captain America Civil War. Um, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. So he's just got the one more solo to go. But you kind of feel they're going to lock him down for another contract. You know what I mean? Because, as I said, it's been so well received. It'd be crazy to change Spider-Man now. Unless you then focus on Miles Morales or something like that. But um, who knows, right? But, people, that is us for another episode of Echo Chamber. So... I will see you next week. Enjoy your trips to the cinema and take it easy. Peace. Mamacita, please, senorita,